Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you choose to listen to this podcast. This is episode number 13 of The 34 Show, and I will be your host, Riley Gray. In this episode, I'll be going over some of the trade options the Leafs have coming up at the trade deadline. The Raptors losing yet another game to put them even farther out of the playoff picture. Kyle Lowry looking like he won't be moved at the deadline, and also briefly touching on my predictions for the NL Central this year in the MLB. I hope you all enjoy. Starting off with some of my Leafs trade thoughts, takes, I don't know what you want to call them. Some of them are ones that I've heard of in articles that I think should get done if the Leafs want to uh, make a playoff push that I think will be great pieces for this team to go deep into a run. The first player that I saw in an article that the Leafs might be going after is Philip Forsberg of the Nashville Predators. He's been great this year. He, he's playing on a pretty subpar team in Nashville, and he's been putting up points. I have him on my fantasy team, actually, and he, he just consistently puts up points. He's always... I, lo- I kind of I looked up some YouTube videos on how he plays and just some of his highlights, and he just looks like he would fit really nicely in the top six. And if that's something that can get done with Kyle Dubas, I think you have to do that in a heartbeat. I don't know who you would trade to get Philip Forsberg. I don't know what the ask would be for him. I would assume it would be a prospect and some picks. So if you had to give up like a, a Nick Robertson or Erasmus Sandin, I think you'd do that. It, it helps your team win now, and that's what this Leafs team wants to do with how they've been playing in the regular season so far. The next deal that I also saw on Twitter was Ekholm out of Nashville as well, defenseman. I heard the ask is pretty high for him. Um, I, I don't know if the Leafs would be able to get anything done with him to add to their back end. I think if you add a guy like that, it knocks Dermott off the starting six and it gives you someone else who can play the play the PK and, and potentially play the power play as well. I'm not sure who you would give up for that. I, I would assume it would be a, like a prospect or two and even like a, a defenseman I think I saw an article that said that they were wanting Muzzin back and some picks and maybe a prospect which I don't know if you do that I think that's a little too much for for Ekholm I, I really like Muzzin's game and I don't know if you want to trade him away especially in a season like this where you kind of need toughness especially on the back end the third deal that I saw that could potentially get done for the Leafs is Ricard Ricard Raquel from uh, Anaheim Ducks. He's had a great year. He's been playing great. Um, I I heard on a podcast, The Good Show, on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, um, they were talking about what it would take to get him, and they had a good kind of proposition, and it was Robertson, who's a Cali kid. He's from California. He, he would play well there. He would jump right into your starting lineup, and he kind of fits the timeline that Anaheim has in a rebuilding stage. I think he would fit great in Anaheim, and then you give them maybe another kind of lower-end prospect and then some some picks as well. I, I hope they can get a deal done with one of those three guys. I think that would really boost their lineup before the deadline. And especially with this two-week quarantine that players are going to have to take before they can um, play a game for that team. I think I think if you're Dubas, you want to get the deal done as soon as possible so you can get that player in, get him quarantined in the lineup as quickly as possible. And the last trade that I kind of came up with, I don't know if it is possible. Um, <clears throat> I, I, re- I really didn't look up the, the kind of salary hit for, for, uh, for this player, but I think if you're the Leafs and you're wanting like that third line center, someone who can really drive a third line, why not go after Nazem Kadri? Bring him back into the blue and white. Um, ever since they traded him, he's been playing great in Colorado. He has been having insane years with points, the points total. He's been staying out of the penalty box in the playoffs. He's been a really solid player for them. And and why not try to get him back and, and, and make this run with, with this group of guys? I, I would assume his, his salary cap's probably five, five and a half. If you trade a Kerfoot, 
back to uh, Colorado where he played before. <clears throat> I, I, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. He, he would be great on the third line for the Leafs and, and he would be great on a, on a power play or a penalty kill as well. And it, it, it ju- I just think it fits. I think the Leafs need that type of either top six forward or a third line center who can drive that third line and, and make them a scary team with three full lines. And then that fourth line just kind of, in, in my opinion, I would, I would make that fourth line a Joe Thornton, Spezza, Simmons line. Um, a lot of grit. Thornton and Spets are going to be really good with the passing, and then Wayne Simmons is, is a good finisher. He's going to put the puck in the back of the net, and if that can be your fourth line, I think this Leafs team will be in really good shape moving forward and moving into the playoffs. Next, moving on, I'm going to be talking about the Raptors. They lose again. Um, they, they put themselves even farther out of the playoff picture, like I said earlier. In my opinion, they're going to start winning games. They, they, they got all their big guys back. They got Siakam. They got Lowry. Lowry was already back. Siakam, Fred, OG all those guys and they're bound to win games that's just a that's just a uh it's gonna happen like this this raptors team is gonna win games and they're gonna put themselves in a position to be in a play-in series or maybe the eighth seed or something along those lines and i I just don't see them making a deep run sure they could win the first round maybe upset a team push a team in the second round like you never know this this team is really good and they've been playoff tested and they could really do anything in the playoffs but when it comes down to it you're going to want to move Kyle Lowry. The rumor is that uh, teams have been inquiring about him and they're just not trying to trade him at the deadline. I really do not see the benefit. I, obviously, there's a benefit of having Lowry on your team. One of your top scorers, he, he can get a bucket whenever you need. But you're going to have to re-sign him in the offseason if you don't plan on trading him at this time. And he's going to want 25-30 mil. And like I said in my previous podcast, give that to Norm Powell. Give Norm Powell 20-25. This guy is putting up career numbers. Put up 43 points the other night. He, he's doing it game in game out when he's starting and it's it, it's amazing to see he's come so far and, and he's just one of the if not the best scorer on the Raptors he, he can get a bucket whenever you need and why not try to deal Lowry to get something in return instead of letting him walk in in free agency next summer and potentially go to a team that you could have traded him to this offseason or this trade deadline I saw a rumor trade that he was the heat offered Goran Dragic, uh, Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olenek, and, and a, a, probably a pick or something like that for Lowry, and the Raptors turned it down. I don't know if that um, if that deal entices me really too much. I mean, Dragic is a good player. He would he'd be good off the bench for them. Kendrick Nunn's still a young guy. He, he, he has some room to grow, and with the Raptors' way of kind of developing players, I think he would have been great for the Raptors and did great in off a, off in a bench-type setting for the Raptors as well. And then Kelly Olenek just brings you a bit more toughness in the in the five position with, with Baines being so bad. You could put Kelly in the starting five and Boucher in the backup spot. So I, I don't know why the Raptors are so hesitant to trade him. I know it's kind of like a legacy thing with him. He's been so great for the Raptors over his tenure and sure, put a statue up. He, he's the best Raptor to ever do it. But like, like with DeRozan, there's a time where we're going to have to let these guys go and kind of be that bigger, be that bigger business and organization and kind of getting getting pieces back in a trade instead of letting guys walk for free just because you want to end on good terms when Lowry has said in a press conference that he, he he's on good terms and uh there's no bad blood if he were to get dealt at, at the deadline at all the last thing I'm going to touch on for this podcast is my predictions for the NL Central this year in the MLB this division is is always a really good division um Especially this year, I think. I, I'm going to have the Brewers up at the top. I think they're going to have a really good year. They're going to surprise a couple people that obviously have a really good team. 
you have guys like Christian Yelich in their lineup, uh, Woodrum in their in their uh, in their starting rotation. I think if a bunch of pieces kind of fall into place, they they can really make it make it work and kind of finish in that top one or two in the division. In second, I got St. Louis. Uh, they're they're always going to be really good. St. Louis is just that organization who kind of always adds something, adds one or two pieces in the offseason to be that top team like they always are time in, time out. So they should finish first or second along with the Brewers. In third place, I have Pittsburgh. Uh, they're going to have a good year. Um, they got a, y- a lot of young pieces. I think if they can put it together, they can uh, they can chase a wild card spot. I don't see them finishing ahead of St. Louis or, or Milwaukee, but I think they can put together a good year and, and finish third. And the next team I have in fourth, this, this team could surprise me and could be bumped up to third or even second if they have a really good year. Cincinnati. They, they showed last year that they are a pretty good team, and I think with the loss of Trevor Bauer, obviously that's going to hurt them, but with guys like Sonny Gray and, and just the guys they have in their lineup and in their starting rotation, they could surprise a lot of people, and I think they'll be a very tough, tough series when you go to, go to town and play them. So I have them in fourth, but I think there's room for improvement, and they could move up in the NL Central for sure. And in fifth, I have the Chicago Cubs. They just don't look too good to me. Um, I, I'm not sure they're going to finish too too good this year. I, I don't see them finishing ahead of Cincinnati, I think. I think the Cubs kind of got rid of a couple guys, and they're just not as strong as in previous years, and, and they're going to round out the bottom of that division, I think, uh, for sure. That is going to do it for episode number 13 of the 34 show. I hope you all enjoyed. Please make sure to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to this show. I greatly appreciate it. It really helps the channel grow. And I will see you on Monday with my brother making his second appearance on the podcast. We're going to be going over some of our master's predictions along with some esports and some other things. And I think it'll be a really good episode. Take care.